you know what my goal is? My goal with this episode is that it feels like a big warm hug and I can't see you and you can't see me right now and um, we're also not in the same physical proximity but my hope is that with this episode it feels like I'm right there we're having a little chit chat having a little coffee together just two friends discussing life and I just want this to feel like a big warm hug so with that I hope this episode is extra juicy and extra helpful and is exactly what you need to hear. I would also like to ask you, what does this audio quality sound like? Does it sound different? Do I sound crispier? Does my voice sound better? Because I, you guys, for those of you who do know me, I hate spending money and I use the word hate because I actively go out of my way to avoid buying things even when I do need them, which is a problem when we're working on it, it's fine. But I don't like spending money. And so when I do make any sort of big purchases, it's a big deal. And this month's big deal purchase was a microphone. I finally decided to invest in a great recording setup for this podcast, which goes to show how much I love it, how serious I am about it. And it was time. It was time. It was time. It's been a while since we've been doing this. It's been since like last August that I've been doing it. And like January since I've been doing it consistently, which is three to four months of consistently recording and then eight months of just recording in general. And I decided, I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time for me to get myself the fancy equipment to commit to the process and just to like do the damn thing. Anyways, life has been great recently. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm just acknowledging and starting off this episode by saying that lately, life has been great. Work has been good. Friends have been good. Family's been good. Mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm just in a, I'm in a good place right now. Nothing in my actual physical reality is of concern or concerning. Nothing's wrong, you know? Like nothing is really wrong. But still, over the past week or so, I've developed this voice in my head that insists on telling me every second of every day that something's wrong, that I need to figure out what's going on, and that something doesn't feel right. But when I stop and step away from that voice and really look at everything that's going on in my life, nothing's wrong at all. Everything is more than fine. And Another thing that you know about me at this point is that I love using this podcast and this space to unpack my feelings, unpack the experiences I've been having, um, what I've been going through. So this week, I kind of wanted to talk about that little voice in your head that makes you feel like something's wrong even when it isn't. And, you know, really, this is just a safe space for us to figure out what to do when nothing's wrong And why your mind is convinced to make you feel like something is wrong when it isn't. Take a shot every single time I say the word wrong. You know that phrase, that very popular phrase, it's true. And it says, an empty mind is a devil's workshop. It is. It's true. I think every single time I'm in this phase of calm and relaxed relaxed not because i'm not doing anything but relaxed because i'm just like secure with where i am in life and literally nothing is out of the ordinary or wrong in my physical reality everything just seems so right that it starts feeling wrong and i know that might be a little pessimistic outlook on life and 
I'm trying to dissociate from that mindset, but still, it almost feels like sometimes, even if we're exactly where we want it to be a few months ago or a week ago or a few years ago, we tend to look at our reality and say, okay, but something's wrong and I don't know what or something just feels off or something just isn't right. Like for instance, right now in my life, I'm giving myself reasons to freak out and say, Hmm. am I feeling this way because I'm actually forgetting something am I feeling like this because my health is not okay like what's going on this that xyz and in this boredom of like my mind is empty my mind is a blank slate nothing's actually going on you know my brain is now fabricating realities that don't exist or is fabricating experiences to then infuse anxiety in me that never existed to begin with now I've entered this state of um normalcy not even reality i'll say normalcy at this point where if something is wrong in my actual reality then i'll like freak out and get anxiety about it but then if nothing's wrong too i'll be like wait something should be wrong something feels wrong is something wrong and then that's like self-induced anxiety that i put myself through and so i was sitting and thinking about this right and when i was planning this episode i was reflecting and part of my process of writing these episodes a lot of you have asked so this is also answering that question is it's like i sit down to write a journal entry and things just come out and thoughts just come out so a lot of it is just my reflections right and when I was reflecting on this episode and just and these feelings that I've been having I came up with a bunch of reasons why maybe when everything is perfect I still tend to ask myself what's wrong thing that I realized was that it's just a product of chronic overthinking I think oftentimes we get used to we get so used to being in this state of fight or flight or constant defense mode or constantly fighting something negative in life that when things are actually going our way we don't know how to cope with it and we don't know how to receive everything that we're getting and so you tend to overthink and you tend to freak out and you tend to say when is the other shoe gonna drop and oftentimes i've found that this mentality itself of me waiting for this other shoe to drop is what is is what increases the chances of this other shoe dropping Everything could be perfectly fine, but the second I look for problems, a problem will come up. And that is part of your natural psychology of confirmation bias, right? If you have certain ways of thinking or you're looking for something actively, the world is is going to show you signs that confirm the beliefs that you have. So if you have a completely, perfectly good life right now and you keep telling yourself something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, then chances are you're probably going to pick up on signs that things are wrong or go through experiences that make seemingly good days really, really shitty. And then that sends you into the state of moving from internalized anxiety to like external things giving you anxiety, right? Because now suddenly there's something that's actually giving you a hard time because you've suddenly noticed it because of this negative mindset that you've been driving through with, right? Right? But what I've realized, and this might be really confusing, but bear with me, right? It's almost like when there's actual external factors giving me anxiety. I don't like anxiety regardless. Like nobody likes being anxious. Nobody likes being stressed. But when there's that environmental anxiousness or stress that's induced, I look at it as something I can fix. I look at it as something that's tangible and I know what I'm working towards. And I'm working towards reducing that anxiety. For instance, if what's making me anxious is hypothetically, I don't have food at home, right? then I can make up actual goals to fix that anxiety. I can make a list of groceries. I can go to the, I can go to Trader Joe's. I can pick up the groceries. I can get them home. All of these things to make myself less anxious. But if it's internalized and I always just feel like something's wrong when nothing's actually wrong, then it's not tangible or it's not rooted in something, right? So it makes it harder for you to 
go out of your way and fix it. Which leads me to the point that when you have something to work at and keep yourself busy, your mind just feels like, okay, like now everything's okay, right? Now we're in problem solving mode. Now everything's fine. And I think my biggest takeaway from this has been the only way to stop the overthinking is to just be present. Because oftentimes my overthinking is rooted in the past or the future, right? Because either you're thinking, how can things be so normal? Things have never been so normal ever, in which case you're focusing on the past. Or you could be thinking, how can things be so calm right now? Am I not headed in the right direction? In which case you're putting too much emphasis on the future. But if I just take a step back and focus on what I'm doing in this moment, in this second, it's helped me stay so much more grounded. The second reason I found myself overthinking a lot, and I mentioned this before, is I'm bored. You know, an empty mind is a devil's workshop. It is. It's true. And sometimes when you're bored and your mind has nothing to think about, it thinks, hmm, let's play a game where we think about things that we don't need to think about, which often means or consists of you overanalyzing parts of your life that you really don't overanalyze. For instance, relationships or friendships or your performance at work. And it gets to a point where you may experience a growing anxiety of your value in those relationships and question if someone else actually cares about you. Because in your head, you're going to start analyzing every single tiny thing they said to you over the last few days, few months, how your relationship has been. And the best advice that my friend has given me for this was... Isha, you need to stop thinking about the relationship and just be in the relationship. Any relationship, whether it's something with your family, whether it's with friends, whether it's with your partner, whether it's at work, instead of thinking about the relationship and overanalyzing parts of the relationship, just be part of that dynamic. Just flow with the dynamic. See what kind of environment you're creating with this person. Is it healthy for you? Is it not? And then base your opinions solely on the facts of that relationship dynamic. And that carries in to every single aspect of life too, right? Like if you're bored, you're likely to start overthinking your future or um, the decisions you're making or the goals or your values. But instead of overthinking your values, just live by your values. Do you know what I mean? Like instead of thinking about the thing, just do the thing. And that boredom often takes up space in our mind by focusing more on the thinking and less on the doing because again when you're bored and you think you go into the overthinking cycle again and you start becoming focused on things that really don't serve you and number three the last reason i kind of reflected on to understand this mentality of mine was pretty eye-opening for me and that was that i am either afraid of failure and or success I think that through our experiences and the way we've been programmed, we're programmed to think that if we're not killing ourselves and working ourselves to death every single second of every single day, that we're not doing enough. If things are calm in life or nothing's too dynamic, we we tend to we tend to automatically assume that something's wrong because We've been trained or brought up with this menta- mentality of, of if you're actually working towards a goal, then it shouldn't be easy. Therefore, you should always be busy, right? And so when there's this phase where everything seems right and everything is calm and okay and good, we feel like maybe part of us isn't doing enough to achieve our goals. 
which is a fear of failure. Because we think, should I be stressing? Should I be doing more? Am I not doing enough? Why am I suddenly calm and content and happy? We're so used to running this rat race and running in a constant mode of like scarcity or running, always like running towards something that we forget that if you actually enjoy or love the goal that you're working towards, life is going to feel calm. Life is going to feel good. So something that's been helping me a lot is is that the second I get into this mentality of, oh my God, am I not doing enough? Why am I not stressed? Like, is something wrong? Like, how's everything okay? I stop and I make a list of things I'm grateful for. And I realize that things are calm because life is going exactly the way it needs to. And if you're happy with how things are right now, it means that you're working towards the right goals for you. Ultimately though, right? Like we can dissect this in any which way we want and we can make as many lists as we want. The matter of fact is that in a way, this constant thinking of what's wrong when nothing's wrong might lead you to self-sabotage. And I've noticed with myself personally, when things are right, but I keep bugging myself into figuring out what's wrong or what's going on or is something wrong, then I tend to get more irritable, more anxious and things that don't usually freak me out start to freak me out. I doubt myself, etc. You get the vibes. But all of these feelings of lack of are feelings that don't serve you. And indulging in those thinking patterns is essentially just sabotaging your own self, your goals, your own health, and your own headspace. Anyways, in this process of reflecting, now that I figured out what was wrong or why I thought something was wrong when it wasn't, um, I spoke to a few people, I spoke to my mom, I spoke to my best friend, and I spoke to a few trusted advisors in my life. And of all the advice I've received and all the reflections I've done, there's three things that have stood out to me as the holy grail answers that have helped me step away from this headspace of what's wrong or self-perpetuated anxiety. So here are my three recommendations for how to help you, for how to help you get out of that mindset. The first one, and this is my favorite, is you don't always have to be thinking you don't like take a second and really reflect on that you don't have to always be thinking we forget that our mind and our brain only has so much capacity that it isn't meant to be destroyed and overwhelmed and overstimulated and it doesn't need to be in order to be considered quote-unquote smart or successful you are allowed to relax you are allowed to have no thoughts you can stop thinking You don't always have to be thinking. And I think this helps the most when you're in that state of boredom or your mind is quote-unquote bored because nothing's wrong and it doesn't have anything to pick at. Um, That boredom, if you overthink it or if you force yourself to have thoughts is when things actually do go south. So it's okay. Take a a step back. You don't always have to be thinking. Number two, this next tip I got from a friend in high school when I was like 16 years old and when I became friends with this girl who is is a friend that I hold with a lot of respect in my eyes and I love her dearly um and one of the first few times we met something that she said to me has stayed with me forever for the last seven years six years how many ever years ago I was 16 years old and that is that it's not a thing unless you make it a thing 
It's not. It's not a thing unless you make it a thing. And that mentality has changed my life for anything that I've ever overthunk. It's a word now. That I've ever overthunk, that I've ever um, questioned. It's not a thing unless you make it a thing. Similarly, with this mentality of what's wrong? Is something wrong? What's missing in my life? How does everything seem so okay? It's only going to be a thing or become a problem if you go out of your way to make it a problem. So if it's not a thing, if it's not something that's bothering you, if it's not something that is actually getting in your way in your everyday life, then let it be. Let it be. Don't touch it. Don't fiddle with it. Don't mess it up. Let it be. It's only becoming a concern or a point of worry because you're trying to make it something that it's not. It's not a thing unless you make it a thing. And number three, this is something I actively still try to practice. And that is movement when necessary, stillness when not. If you're anxious and you're stressed, move. Go for a run, stretch, stop your brain from overthinking. And the best way my brain stops thinking is if my physical body is doing something because then I tend to focus on what my physical body is doing. So like if, I, if I'm running or I'm lifting, then my brain and my body is focused on um, how much pressure I'm feeling in my arms or my legs or how, how my breath works or the song that I'm listening to in my ears, right? It's not going to think about all the things that I'm overthinking. And then by the time I'm done with my workout, I realize that the thing that I was bothered about doesn't bother me anymore. So movement when necessary. Stillness when not is either meditation or sleep. Let me start with sleep because that's the easy one to address. Your mind and your brain needs to restore. Sleep is the most important part of your 24 hours in a day because those 8 to 9 hours that you sleep, you're actually letting your brain and your mind and your body restore and re-energize and recalibrate. And it's important for you to give yourself that space. So sometimes if you're anxious and all you want to do is curl up and like go to bed, do it. Just do a quick stretch before bed. Even if it's 5 minutes of yoga, I don't care. Do it and then just go to sleep. Meditation. My least favorite thing that people tell me when I tell them to meditate is I can't do it. I can't do it because I'm always thinking too much and I can't do it because I just can't focus and I get bored. Well, that's the point of it. Meditation is a practice that takes time and days and months and years to master. And I have never in my life met someone who has been meditating for a while and says, today I woke up and meditation was easy because I've been doing it for 10 years. Like it doesn't work like that. So even the most seasoned professionals have a hard time meditating. But again, that's the point of it. So I think that practicing that stillness, practicing that calmness when necessary is going to make such a big shift in your personality, in the way you perceive life, in how calm you are, all of it, how centered you are, how grounded you are. So stillness and movement, I think, go hand in hand. And they're very important to just maintaining that balance for your body and your mind. Anyways, thank you for giving me the space to talk through my anxiety and my anxious thoughts. Um... I took a while to think about this tendency of mine where every single time everything in life is going great, I tend to nitpick and make something wrong and then before I know it, I have another thing that's actually bothering me because I've dug a grave or a hole for myself almost. Um, so I hope this episode resonated. I hope it feels like a big hug in a sense that I don't want you to feel like in that um you feel less lonely and feeling this way if you are feeling this way. Life is hard, man. Like, things get hard, things get rough. The older we get, the more people we meet, 
the crazier things get. I get it. But it's easy enough with the outside world throwing things at us. We don't need ourselves to also bully us into feeling things that we don't. So I hope you are kind to yourself today. I hope this episode gave you that safe space and that it was the biggest, tightest, greatest hug you needed. Thank you for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.